Hey, Cinemaxtic fans, it is Max Leadham here, your host of the Cinemaxtic podcast, a podcast about movies. And again, just checking in to let you know that we are still going through some audio transitions. So there's going to be some differential in audio quality than what you've been used to. But rest assured, we have some really great things coming in, new equipment, and even a little mini studio that we're going to be filming, or rather, shooting in and potentially filming in. There's a little, there's a little Easter egg for you that we're very excited about. So thank you guys so much for listening, and enjoy this week's episode. All right, boys. How's everyone's week going so far? It's good. It's been, uh, been busy for me. Yeah. And, uh, I train a lot of work, and then I had a bunch of presentations today, which I think went okay. Good. Yeah, they went all right. <laughs> oh. Just all right? Yeah, they were okay. Did you like my, my humor I threw into some of the some of the slides? You know what? Your humor never fails to humor me. Oh. Tanner, how's your week going, buddy? Oh, it's just cruising by. Just cruising on by. Yeah. Can't you're, complain. You're 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 I'm gonna be honest, you're a little loud on your end. Is it can you can you can you could you Move the mic a little bit further away. I mean, is that better? Oh, that's much better. Am I too quiet? No, that's great. Okay. <sighs> well, my week's been good. I'm glad you guys asked. Um, you were just bitching at me about my mic volume. Yeah, I need you to, I need you to fix that. Um, and uh, Tim, you might want to sit a little closer. Actually, that's perfect right there. When yeah, you were Tim's leaning, a little quiet. When you were leaning back, the audio was a little off, Tim. My, there you go. <clears throat> I can tell you how my week was again if you didn't catch it earlier. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> One is enough. Um, Tanner, before we move <laughs> on, Tanner, how was your birthday week? It was good. I had a, it was a wonderful time. What are you? What are you? Twenty? Twenty-seven now? Twenty-seven. The old two-seven. Old, old bones. Tanner can now legally rent humans. Humans, he can rent them legally yeah. in thirty states. In thirty states, the other uh, the other ones do not uh, do not allow that until the age of twenty eight and a half. Which one does Kansas fall under? The twenty eight and a half. What about Missouri? Now hold on, I wasn't saying that this was not a slavery joke. I feel like you guys are taking this in a direction I did not want it to go in. I took this in the direction that you originally intended it. No. I have no idea what was going on, to be completely honest. Well, anyways, I'll tell you about my week. How about that? Uh, I have, uh, for those of you who don't know, which would be all of you uh, on the podcast, because I don't anticipate you following my life, I recently just moved into a new house, um, which has been a daunting task and has been uh, quite has made me quite the busy boy for the past mm, uh, about two weeks. It's a lot of work to move into a house, and especially when I had basically two people who helped me move the majority, actually one person who helped me move the majority of our stuff. Um, so it was, it was rather uh, exhausting, and it mainly is the reason why we have not um, done a podcast last week. And why it's been a little bit delayed this week. I have a lot of things going on. But 
as I've been saying in the past podcast, I'm really excited because we're going to have our own little podcast studio here. That's going to be awesome. It's going to be cool. And it's going to be great for when we ever, whenever we decide uh, to go to do a little video podcast. And I'm not saying we're going to do every podcast on video, but maybe once a week or something like that, once a month, we might do something special like that and uh, see where it takes us. It might be a little might be a little fun, and we might do a little live streaming, a little live streaming of the podcast, and uh, I don't know, might, might be a make up for a good time, so really excited about that, and uh, Jordan should be home before too long, so our podcast audio quality should snap back to normal, uh, you know, with a little bit more time, a little bit more time, not, not going to be too much, too much longer until uh, you're back to the crisp, sweet sound of the Cinemaxic podcast that you uh, I'm just looking forward to getting some more of Tanner's mustache rubbing on the microphone. Yeah. You know, I miss doing this podcast in person for the past like month and a half. We've just been doing it this way. Yeah. Over the old internet. And I, it's, it works fine. It really does. And actually it's been, it's been very convenient and the audio quality hasn't been as bad as I would expect, but I do miss, uh, I do miss uh, being actually in a place doing the podcast. That That's what makes, that's, I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's awesome though. I mean, we're using zoom and you can just turn your video on. Oh wait, you won't. No, I don't have a webcam on this desktop of mine. Yeah. I, uh, I broke mine. No, you did it. Anyways, guys, we have a jam packed episode of Cinemax that coming up. So we got to get started on this bad boy. So without further ado, it's time for the Cinemax podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be covering Shia LaBeouf's biopic of sorts honey boy we're gonna review once upon a time in hollywood we're gonna talk about what we watched this week andy circus is gonna be the director of venom 2 we're gonna cover that hell there's been a lot of news in the past two weeks in the hall in hollywood in the movie realm and we're gonna dive in to all of it right now this is cinemaxic <laughs> Okay. Okay, boys. We are here. We are finally back in the Cinemax Take podcast. Tim, why are you raising your hand? What are, you, what are you talking about? Or why are you raising your hand, Tim? My hands are right here. <laughs> Tanner, why? Why, why are you, either of you raising? Okay. <laughs> As always, I am your host, Max Leadham, at Max Fozzi, the host of this podcast. That is me. That is I. And I am joined with my two cohorts, co cohorts, co co, 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 Tim Reichmith at Tim Trist. Timmy, how you doing today, buddy? Me, uh, I'm doing pretty well. I just mowed my lawn. I grilled, so uh, I feel quite accomplished for today. I'm ready to relax and, and talk movies with the boys. What did you grill? Did you grill turkey burgers again? <clears throat> I did, and I uh, I grilled some pork loins as well. Ah, the loin. My the loin. favorite part of the pork. The loin. Tanner, what are you up to today, buddy? How you been? Oh, my, uh, sorry, the other co-host. I forgot to introduce him by his handle because he needs to be introduced by <laughs> Tanner Rush at Danger Rush. Back again for the first podcast in like three weeks because apparently he's been too busy for us. I, you know, I, I don't think I missed, did I miss one? Oh, yeah. I think you missed two. 
Oh yeah, he did. What no. Did talk about? Spot? No. No. What? What did we talk about? You missed one. Because I remember I was walking around and I switched between computer and phone audio, and Max got pissed. Uh, I, did, I don't know. I didn't get pissed. <laughs> that is such a dramatization. It makes the like text get it together, otherwise I'm kicking you off the pod. I told you, no, I told you to not <laughs> just to, to go from your phone audio back to your computer because your phone audio sounded like a garbled, a garbled, drowning sewer rat. Could have said it nicer. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, Tanner, what you been up to, man? How was the last? Uh, how was the last two weeks? How do, you, how do you feel to be back on the pod? Feels good. Um, I've just been hanging out, you know, working, uh, working, working for a living. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills. <laughs> Started a uh, new. Witcher uh, 3 playthrough a couple days ago. You know, I've been meaning to play The Witcher 3. Yeah. Well, really just to play the the final uh, DLC expansion. I never got around to that. Uh, Blood and Wine? Yep. Because yeah. there's an option that lets you just play that only. So yeah. I did that. You know, I, I started a regular playthrough and then I remembered, oh my God, this game is so long. I'm trying to decide if I need to play it through on Xbox One or if I should wait for the Nintendo Switch to get its version and play it on. Don't get the Switch version. Yeah, I know. It's going to be a little dumbed down, but still, it looks Yeah. Cool. No, get it on the Xbox. What are you thinking? Yeah. I already have it on Xbox. It has never played well, it. Play it on All the right, Xbox. All right, fine. Okay. <clears throat> I have the Xbox, but I'm going to go and buy it for the Switch. <laughs> okay. I had my birthday, of course. Yeah. Yeah, what'd you do for your birthday? Uh, what did I do for my birthday? I took the day off from work, played hooky. Um, did some painting in the morning. Wait, did you take the day off or did you play hooky? I took the day off to play hooky. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, if you actually played hooky, I have your I have your boss on the line right now. No, I did not play hooky. I properly notified all authorities. Uh, I called the cops, and I told them I wouldn't be at work today, that day. Mm. Um, and then they gave me a big fine. Um, uh. I, did, I painted. Oh, what'd you paint? Uh a picture can't really describe it is it abstract it's bad um you can't really discern what it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> hung out with the girlfriend um we went to up down for a little bit it was barcade in kansas city for those yeah. for, for our international listeners <laughs> <laughs> Of which we have plenty. Of which I mean, we have so many outside of the city area. I think we just lost a hundred followers after Tanner said he went with his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't realize you're official. Congratulations. Oh well, thank you. Thank you. Um, and then we got dinner with my folks. And then I got to bed at a decent hour. You know, I've always hated Up Down. 
I, I just always have hated that place. Yeah, no. It's like such a great idea. And then you go there and you're like, wow, you know what would make this place way better if there was about, I don't know, 1,000 less people. <laughs> exactly. The- you can't yeah. go uh, at normal bar hours. You got to go like on a weekday or early enough in the evening and then go somewhere else before yeah. the sun goes down. Every single time I'm in there, it's like, if we can just remove 1,000 and slim it down to a small 2,000. Because way better in here. On a Saturday night, every 18 to 35-year-old in the greater Kansas City area is there at the same time. Yeah. Now, I, I, I have... I, very rarely have I been in a position where Why, not 18, 21, maybe 18. You have to be 21 to drink. I'll just, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. I've very rarely been per, like in person with someone where I wanted to fight someone like just right there. And one of those times was at up down. And this is why I waited 30 minutes, 30 minutes or more to watch this group in front of me play like, like a whole cup, a whole cup on Mario Kart. They got to play the whole freaking thing. And I waited, and then it was our turn, and we hop on there, and we play one race, and a couple of drunk guys behind us are like, our turn, man, our turn, bro, our turn, bro. And I'm like, dude, I just played one race. The guys in front of us played one whole cup. I just yeah. waited 30 minutes. And then he's like, yeah, our turn, our turn. And I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to fight you right now. And I'm, I'm going to lose, but I'm going to fight. I'm going to do it. And uh, – you know, that was like the last time I ever wanted to go back in there because I, I just, uh, it's too many, too many people. You know, whatever, whatever their capacity is, they have, they were, they're breaking it every day. They're breaking it every day. Yeah, it, it's not a very well laid out place in my opinion. The idea is awesome, but it's just way too small. And it's so hard to play games because most of the meaningful games are kind of tucked away in that little area. And it's hard enough to just, you know, hang out there, on your own because you're you're bumping into other people's backs and then other people are just sitting there waiting and you're bumping into people's sacks yeah backs and sacks not the, I wanna, not the way i want to spend my friday night also something i want to point out real quick i'm watching my sister's dog bailey and at any point Paige is going to get home and bailey is going to erupt into a uh, a lot of barking and stomping around so that's just a little Little warning: At some point, listeners, you're going to get probably a, a jolt when uh, whenever Bailey just starts to act up. But guys, it was good to catch up with you. But it's time to get down to the nitty gritty of this movie podcast and talk some talk, talk some movies. That's I what thought we- you were going to get off. He <laughs> thought I was going to leave. Yeah. Like, <laughs> All right, boys. A great episode, boys. I'm <laughs> that was it. Well, that was fun. in today's episode we covered Tanner's birthday. Um, so yeah, guys, what did we watch this week? I'll tell you. I want to lead this one off because I watched quite a lot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lead this one off first and foremost, and really not this week. The last two weeks since that's the last time we did a podcast. I have watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've watched Inglorious Bastards. I've watched Pulp Fiction. I've watched Long Shot, and I've watched Big Night, which uh, for those of you who don't know. Big Night is a uh, it's a food movie, starring starring the uh, ever ever amazing Stanley Tucci, very young Stanley Tucci, uh, Mark Anthony, uh, Tony Shalhoub, 
who, if you don't know who Tony Shalhoub is, that is Monk, plays Monk on that TV show, you know, the one with the, the, the detective who's a clean freak, that, that one, anyone. That's uh, that guy. It has a – oh, Leif Schreiber's in that? <laughs> <laughs> and it's got Allison Janney, too, a very young Allison Janney. It's a very good movie. Um, really like that. So uh, I watched all of those this, this past two weeks. Wow. I've done a lot of movie watching. I'm very proud of myself uh, for what I was able to accomplish. Um, we're going to save Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for our actual review. But just real quick, what I want to talk about uh, with the other four. First time watching Inglorious Bastards. Very good movie. Very good movie. Um, something I've learned from starting to really dig into uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino's movies is the people you think are going to be the main characters and in that in the movie like a whole whole lot are very rarely actually the main characters in the movie for a whole whole lot like Inglorious Bastards has like two scenes with the Inglorious Bastards being the Inglorious Bastards it's like they're it's very very small parts uh for all of them and Brad Pitt he's in it but he's not like he's not in it a ton he's not in it enough to where you think he's like you think he, how much you think he'd be in it for being the front and center character on the poster for, in, what, in cover for Inglorious Bastards. So, they don't have as much screen time as other actors do in other movies, but I think one of Quentin Tarantino's best, uh, I guess, uh, what is it, skills is maximizing screen time. So, whenever there is a character in a scene, he makes the most out of that scene. And he, you can tell with the detail and the amount of effort he puts into it. So I, I mean, like I, I watched Inglourious Bastards last week as well. And I mean, there's a lot of things that I picked up on that I didn't notice originally. And, you know, it, it doesn't get old. And I, I think the amount of time that like Brad Pitt had in it was fantastic. Yeah, no. And, and that's something I've, you know, other than other than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Django Unchained, so far out of the Quentin Tarantino movies I've watched, um, uh, it's it's a it's a kind of a recurring theme is that the characters you think are going to be in it a ton are actually not really in it a ton. They're in it just the right amount to have a very uh, a big big uh, you know impact on the movie, but not like maybe as much as you think. So, uh, Glorious Bastards was great. I love kind of Quentin Tarantino's. Uh, uh, twists that he does on history it's very good i was I, I can't believe i've waited this long to watch it when you watched it did you notice how he handled the subtitles and like the different scenes no so i thought this was really cool i noticed this last time i was watching it so when and i don't remember her name um it was the daughter that escaped in the opening scene shosana shosana that's right she's at the dinner table table with all the other Germans and you're taking in this scene from her perspective. So whenever she speaks, you see the subtitles, she's speaking in French, but then whenever the Germans speak, you don't see any subtitles. It's like little things like that, where in other scenes you do see the German subtitles, but he enhances it where he wants you to pretend you're in her shoes and you have no idea what they're saying, which I thought was really, really well done. Really interesting. Huh. Yeah, I guess I never noticed that. That's a good point. Yeah, that's uh, that's really good. Very interesting. Um, 
something else that I watched this week for the first time. Another, Porn. Yes. And another Quentin Tarantino flick. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Porn. Did not, did not, have not seen Pulp Fiction yet until just this past couple weeks. Huh. That, was, that was a really good movie. Also shocking. Just like how, I mean, until the end, like uh, Samuel L. Jackson and uh, um, uh, John Travolta aren't in it that much. Like it's a bunch of other characters and stuff, which is just crazy to me. I just thought they would have been like in ever present in that movie, but they kind of came and went just like in, uh, in glorious bastards. That's, that was a really, really fun movie. Well, fun in some ways. Um, very disturbing in some parts. I'm going to be honest. I like that part where freaking, uh, Ving Rhames is getting, is getting raped. That was like legitimately. Yeah, that was like, I, I was legitimately creeped out by that. I was like, wow, that's, uh, that's that's uh that that made me feel pretty uh pretty I did not like that. That was that was that was a hard scene to watch. I don't know if they were trying to make that comedic, but I thought that was actually kind what? Of to watch. No. Okay. I didn't know if they were trying to make it comedic cuz Bruce Willis was like going between like eight different weapons and then he did a funny thing with the katana and everything like that yeah. when he killed him. So I was like I was like I didn't I I wasn't wasn't sure, but I was like that was a really hard scene to watch. Um yeah. Maybe even a tad bit unnecessary, but uh, you know how this movie was made in what the eighties. So I think a tad bit unnecessary is what Tarantino's all about. That's yeah. true. That's true. But he usually does it with like maybe violence and stuff. But I mean, I guess rape obviously is violence, but like sexual violence like that. I hold I, on, boys. I'm getting a phone call. I'll be right back. Okay, so Tanner's got to go take a very important call um, right now. Um, my my favorite scene from Pulp Fiction, aside from the dancing scene, is the very beginning with Christopher Walken. Oh yeah, the watch. I had that up my butt for three years, and he wanted me to give this to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He stuff. He put it the only place he could. He stuffed it up his ass. I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, this is. That's very good. That's very good. I, I like Pulp Fiction a lot. I like Bruce Willis in this a lot. I liked everyone in it. I thought which it was one, uh, which one do you like more? Um Jeez, mm, I don't know. Probably probably Pulp Fiction. Probably yeah. cool. But I gave them both four out of five stars. Um, I then watched Long Shot, which was the new rom-com with Seth Rogen and uh, Charlize Theron. And it was a serviceable uh, rom-com. It's very, uh, it plays out old tropes. It is very much, I mean, if you've seen a rom-com, you could almost guarantee like how the movie's going to go. Um but it was one of those kind of feel-good movies. There's some really genuinely funny jokes in it. Um, very odd coupling of Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. I, uh, I that was that was very funny uh, to to see them together, just because they're completely complete opposites. You you'd think, um, but they play off each other well. There's there's good chemistry there, um, and yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun little movie. I think it's a it's a great Friday night movie. It's a great date movie. Um, 
I, I, I would recommend you watch it. I don't think you should expect anything spectacular out of it. I think there's this weird trend right now where like rom-coms are becoming these big indie hits for some reason. And uh, even though they're, they're kind of playing on the old tropes that you used to like crazy rich Asians and always be my maybe and stuff like that seem to all, all, uh, be getting all these pra- all this praise and it just seems like it's your traditional rom-com but uh yeah you know it was a, it was a good it was a good movie um now yeah, go check it out i gave that one a three three out of five stars and finally last night like i said i watched the movie big night starring stanley tucci uh, the movie came out in 1996 um and this one is a it's if you're if you love food i i really highly recommend you watch it it's about a restaurant owner who owns a family restaurant and uh his his buddy who owns a very expensive restaurant that's that's doing very well does him a favor and recommends this famous jazz artist goes to his restaurant when he comes into town goes to the family restaurant when he comes into town to try and boost their sales and to um make the restaurant a success and uh, it's just kind of all about the build up to that quote unquote big night and the food that they served to uh, impress these people. And it was just really fun to watch the cooking scenes and to watch the tasting scenes. And, and the movie was, uh, was very full of life and um, it just kind of made you feel nice and warm inside for anyone who's been, you know, everyone has had that moment, you know, when you're around family and friends and good food and drink is flowing and you're just having a great time and big night. I feel like encapsulates that while it also provides a really good amount of drama. Stanley Tucci is uh, great in this. Uh, there is really good drama to be had in this movie. It isn't just a really good feel good movie. It's, it's, it's genuinely a, a character study of these, of these two restaurateurs um, and restaurateurs, um, I suppose. And uh, yeah, I, I thought Stanley Tucci in particular was was standout in this. He's very, very good. Um, and uh, I, I highly recommend you go check this out. It's just a really class, it's a classic movie. Um, and if after you do watch this, you should go watch the Binging with Babish episode on YouTube where he makes the dish from Big Night, which is this absolute delicious monstrosity of an Italian dish that takes months like it not months it takes hours to make it, it's a, a ton and ton of work and uh uh pinging with babish does a really great episode on on making it it's very interesting and it's a lot of fun so uh, be sure to follow that up with uh follow up the movie with that episode of binging and you'll you'll definitely like it um where'd you where'd you uh watch that it it's on uh uh big night is on amazon prime oh okay yeah, so you can you can stream that on Amazon Prime right now. Um, yeah, I recommend it. I had a lot of fun with it. I gave it three and a half out of five stars. Um, give it a, give it a, give it a watch. I, I like old movies like that 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 are low budget but have a lot of heart to them, and that's that's what Big Night is. And then of course I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but we will save that for the review portion of our um, of our podcast, which I think we're gonna do at the end of the podcast. I think we're gonna cover news first. Then at the end, we're gonna we're gonna review Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with uh, maybe a Spider-Man Far From Home uh, review as well because you know we watched that five weeks ago and I don't think Tanner has ever seen it yet still but we're gonna review it today anyway so you're getting two reviews get two reviews I'm oh, back oh there he is we missed you sorry uh, so Tim what did you watch this week um 
I only watched in Glorious Bastards and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't think I watched anything else. Well, we already covered in Glorious Bastards. And like I said, we're going to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, we're going to review that at the end of the podcast. Uh, that's going to be our big our big topic today. Tanner, what did you watch this week? Um, I have not watched anything this week. Um, last week... I think it was last week. Uh, yeah. Last Sunday, I watched um, Burn After Reading, which I've seen before. That's an odd movie. Um, I love it, though. Come on, bros. And I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, of course. Um, and I also got around to seeing Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh, that movie was so bad. Eh, it wasn't, it was okay. Uh, I, I absolutely hated, I didn't hate eh. it. It just wasn't good. It just wasn't good at all. I really liked Ralph, uh, a Wreck-It Ralph, and I thought Ralph Breaks the Internet was a very watered-down, uh, sequel with, I, I just did not feel like it had that much heart. I no. I didn't really like Brick Standard at, at all. It wasn't nearly as good as the first one. It wasn't really charming. It was just kind of like, I mean, I never saw the Emoji movie, but I feel like... Yeah, it's a very it good way to describe it. very close. Dude, it felt like, it felt like the, uh, directed DV, the directed VHS Disney sequels is what it felt like. It just yeah. felt kind of half-assed on the story. I mean, the animation was there and on point, as Pixar always delivers on that. But the story, it just, I don't know, it just, it wasn't a solid story. And it, yeah, it just, it felt like it belonged as a directed VHS Disney sequel, Mulan 2 or Aladdin 3 or something like that. But even though, let's be honest, Aladdin 2 and 3 are actually incredible sequels. They deserve theatrical runs, but we won't be talking about that. Which also, Aladdin broke a billion dollars. They're definitely going to make return the return of Jafar. There's no way they're not going to make that. These freaking Disney remakes, man, unreal. Billion dollars. Will Smith's first billion dollar movie. That's, that's insane. The Lion King apparently wasn't very great. Did we talk about that? On I haven't the last seen the, I, I have not seen The Lion King yet. I actually really need to go see that. I actually, I mean, I might, maybe I'll go see that tonight after the podcast. Uh, maybe I'll go catch a late night showing of that. But uh, I don't think it got terrible reviews, but it, like it, they were kind of mediocre at best. It, you know, so. it, it didn't get ter- the, the reason, so here's the thing. Looking at the reviews, it's not like they didn't enjoy it the two things came across one it was pretty much a shot for shot remake of the original there's no like originality to it that would make it necessarily stand out from the animated one two the animals are so realistic that they cannot convey emotion that they need for the songs and for the scenes uh that they're wanting because they have them to convey too they they have it too realistic to where you can't it's hard to feel the emotion of the scene because obviously they're animals and they can't describe their, their face. They can't, you know, contort their face like a cartoon and, and uh, display emotion. But I, I feel like that was going to be a given going into this. I, I didn't know what people expected. Um, and I actually, I actually would have 
you know, I prefer these ones to be pretty much shot for shot remakes. That's why I go, that's why I would go see them. I don't want to see like a retelling of the animated story. I want to be like, go and see a visually stunning retelling of the original Disney movies or, or, or sorry, just shot for shot thing of the original Disney movies. I would pay to see that. So that's what Lion King seems like it is. And, and I'm definitely, definitely going to have to go check that out, but I, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, okay. So you did see once upon a time in Hollywood. Did you see uh, far from home yet? No, that's all right. We'll review that one without you, but we'll do once upon a time in Hollywood at the end of the podcast. Um, we should uh, do that one now what once uh, spider-man far from home no once upon a time well i thought we would but uh we don't have like a big topic of the night tonight so i thought we might do the uh the, save yeah. that for the end well, i'm just saying i might have to dip out early so oh, you, you might have to dip out early. i don't know uh-oh tanner, <laughs> tanner it's nine o'clock on a thursday where could you possibly be going oh no <laughs> no Oh God! Uh, Let's just talk about it now. It's on my mind, Tanner. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Damn it! You know. All right, we get it. You have a girlfriend, Tanner. No. Wow. <laughs> I didn't want to say this because it's embarrassing. Uh oh. But I had for dinner. A bacon cheeseburger and Cajun fries from Five Guys. And I can feel it doing what it's going to do. How long is that going to take you? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine it's going to take up an entire segment of a podcast. It might. It Just might. Get there and launch that shit out of you and get back over to your podcast. I, I cannot promise anything all right well we're gonna go ahead and go into the news and we're gonna do the we're gonna do the review at the end still so oh boy i'm not i'm not throwing you i'm not throwing you that that life no (laughs) (laughs) moving on into the news into the news first thing at the top i know tanner is going to enjoy this one because he's been talking about it for months the lighthouse trailer robert Fuck yes. Robert Pattinson and uh, <laughs> William Defoe. William Defoe. Slipped my mind. Yes. Yeah. Willem Defoe in The Lighthouse, a black and white thriller slash horror shot and directed by the man who directed The Vivich. So you know you're going to be in for a little bit of a wild ride, a little bit of a... Uh, Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers, or a little bit of a wild ride, a little bit of a mind, uh, mind fuck. But, man, am I excited for this. This movie, this trailer looks like it was for a movie in the 1930s. It looks awesome. The effects look practical. Uh, the acting looks incredible. Willem Dafoe is literally transformative in this. I cannot wait to see this thing. This looks like an absolute amazing, amazing movie. I cannot wait for this to drop. Um, Tanner, what were your thoughts on the Lighthouse trailer? I'm I'm so excited. It looks like everything I could want, dude. For a follow up from The Witch, not that like it's related in any way, but it just looks so good to me. I love the black and white. That's super moody. 
Did uh, I call? But I'm sorry. Did I call it the Vivich? Yeah. <laughs> so, so my dad, my dad, <laughs> he tells me he watched this movie, and he goes, and he goes, yeah, I watched this movie the other day, the Vivich. Have you heard of it? And I go, the Vivich. And I was like, he goes, yeah, the Vivich. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, I don't know, it's some horror movie, some weird like horror movie called the Vivich. And I, I like, I'm like, do you mean the witch? And and I show him the, the the poster, and he realizes that it's actually supposed to spell the witch, not the Vivich. But ever since he said that, it's stuck in my head that yeah. that movie is called the Vivich now forever and for and for eternity in my head. Anyways, continue. Um, and it it just looks crazy. Like just two actors. Going a hundred percent in this kind of gothic maritime looking story. I have no idea what it's about other than probably these two guys going crazy. Yeah. Um it, it looks like there's like maybe a mermaid in it. Yeah, it looks like there's a squid in there. Yeah, there's a shot of Robert Pattinson. Uh, looks like he's wailing on someone, maybe Willem Dafoe's character. Um, and there's tentacles in the background. Yep. What the hell was that? I think Tanner just got a call. <laughs> Tanner. <laughs> that, or, that or he got abducted. Tanner! <laughs> Tanner! That or five guys came early. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> we, we, we lost him. Oh no. The five guys is taking him. <laughs> taking him away from us. He's it, it's oh, oh man. Boy. That is hilarious. Oh my God! All right, what'd you I, think of the lighthouse trailer, Tim? I thought I thought the trailer looked pretty good. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the witch solely because I got super creeped out and I couldn't finish it. So it'll be interesting. Um, this one doesn't look like it's going to be near as scary. Uh, yeah, it looks like a great popcorn flick. You know, you just you just hunker yes. down in the theater, you get some popcorn, you get your soda. And you just enjoy the atmosphere that this movie is going to build in the theater. That is what I'm super excited for. The atmosphere, Tim. Yeah. No, and, and I agree. It, the movie looks really old, and I like how they shot it in all black and white. And uh, it's just going to be – is it just going to be those two? Is there anyone else cast to be in the movie? As far as well, – I think there's other characters, but the movie is pretty much going to be – Robert and Willem, I believe. It's it's really not going to be much of anyone else. Uh, if anything, maybe characters who have no lines. Uh, let me see. I could probably look this up. The Lighthouse. Yeah. See. But I mean, I'm I'm excited because yeah, Willem Dafoe. I mean, he's he's a great actor. And yeah, there's there's Robinson. yeah there's there's three actors in the whole movie. It is Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson, and this girl named Valeria Caraman who plays a mermaid. Um, so, uh, yes, it's going to be Willem, Willem and Robert and just going at it, uh, uh, being great actors and trying and, and just feeding off one another. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I, I think it looks really good. I'm definitely yeah. going to check it out. Yep. 
Um, another uh, thing in horror movie news, it chapter two is going to be three hours long, Tim. Two hours and uh, two hours and forty five minutes. That is the most insane runtime for a horror movie I have ever heard, and I cannot wait. I loved it, chapter one, so much. Such a great movie. So much fun from it was just you know it's a horror movie, but man was it fun to watch that. I, I loved the kid actors in it. I loved Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise. Uh, mm-hmm. Fantastic movie. Again, very atmospheric. The town of Derry is just this creepy, dense, dark place where all the stuff happens, and and I just loved it. So for it, chapter two to have a three hour runtime, I am a hundred percent for it. And on top of that, the director. The director of this says he has a actual he he's doing a director's cut that goes like four hours long because he said, I I saw much, that. "Yeah, there's too much good stuff to that that he has to put out there that yeah. obviously he's going to get in the theatrical run, but he's going to do it in a director's cut and it's going to be nuts." Yeah, I like that because I mean that that shows that there's plenty of stuff to go over in the movie and they're not they're not going to go light on the material um, mm-hmm. from the books. They're gonna they're gonna go all out. And so I, I hope I'm pretty excited. And I hope this means, too, that the kid actors get as much screen time as the adult actors. I'm very excited to see what these adult actors do in this, but I do still want to see a lot of the kids because the chemistry between them, the acting, everything about them was incredible. They really, really drove that movie. And for them to be such young actors, to be able to pull that off and be the heart of this movie and never come off cringy or come off just terrible. Uh, I, I can't speak enough on it. I, I absolutely loved it. So I hope we get plenty of the kids in the uh, chapter two, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, they, I mean, they definitely were the highlight of the first movie. They played off so well. And a lot of those kids, I mean, they're, they're up and coming actors. Uh, I mean, Finn Wolfhard and yeah, going into it, Finn Wolfhard was the only kid I recognized, but uh, yeah. I, I really wish it was, I really wish it was Amy Adams playing an older Beverly because I just felt like she would have been great in this. But I don't think Amy Adams' wheelhouse is in horror, but I'll settle for Jessica Chastain. I think, I think Jessica Chastain is a, from a look perspective, she doesn't fit as well as Amy Adams would have because, I mean, Beverly, the, car- the girl who played Beverly, looked exactly like Identical, Amy identical but, Amy Adams, yeah. But I think Jessica Chastain is a much better fit acting wise because she for the second movie like very very serious and she's going to be able to fit in um perfectly and i i I think they did a good job casting her yeah okay uh moving on uh this is just a little bit of dc news as you know i i like to squeeze this in uh black adam dwayne the rock johnson is playing this character uh black adam is uh shazam's who's zach who's played by zachary levi shazam of course came out this past summer or this past spring uh black adam is shazam's arch nemesis and he's going to get his own spinoff movie of his own that's starring dwayne the rock johnson that has a 2020 film date um they've been talking about this for years he's back he's back he's back yes they've been talking about it for years but they've they've actually set a date for this um i think it was a big thing because dwayne the rock johnson i I have to say his full name um (laughs) uh 
was a producer, executive producer on Shazam. And he actually made way more of the calls than I thought. He was the one who said, like, no, we're not going to do a Shazam and Black Adam movie the first go. We need to split this into two movies. So they followed what he said, and they split into two movies. So you know he's serious about it. He's been talking about this movie for almost his entire freaking Hollywood career. Not I want to say it's been at least 10 years. Yeah, I mean, it was a long time ago. It's a long time ago. Now, uh, I'm, I'm trying to see if Dwayne is deliberately lying to people about being really, really, like, into Black Adam since he was a kid, uh, or if I can find proof. But I believe he said that he's been into this character since he was a kid, reading the comic books or whatever. And then I found an article of him talking, like, back in, like, 2008, talking about like how he wants to play black Adam, uh, the superhero back when Dwayne wasn't that big of a movie star and, and like talking about how he just discovered him like two years ago from fans really wanting him to play the character. And then he went and read up on him and wanted to play the character. And I'm like, you know, is I'm curious if Dwayne is, I, I think Dwayne is very sincere when he, when he wants to do these movies, I feel like he tries and cares very hard about all the movies he does. Um, but I was a little off put by that, but I think he's going to crush it as Black Adam. He, I mean, he looks just like him in the comics. He's going to be great. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's it's a long ways away. I mean, it's filming in 2020, so we'll probably see it in 2022 um, or 2021 if it pushes it. I mean, damn Jumanji filmed in the spring, and that's going to be out in Christmas, so who knows. Um, moving on. Tanner talking about the Lion King earlier. The Lion King crossed a billion dollars last week, uh, within like what a week and a half in theaters, two weeks in theaters, crossed a billion dollars and is still going. I know there's a lot of people out there like me who haven't even got a chance to see it yet. So I feel like this thing's going to have legs like crazy. Um, that is insane to me. And I, and I, I can't wait to go see it. I love John Favreau's work. I think he put a lot of care, uh, and pride into this. Something I was really shocked to find out, though, the Lion King movie is 100% CGI. The environments and, of course, the animals, all CGI. There's only one shot in the movie that is not CGI, and it's the beginning sunrise shot that Jon Favreau shot himself. But everything else, everything is 100% CGI, which I was pretty stunned to find out. I thought they were going to use like as much real locations as they can and build the CGI characters into it. Um, but it's very impressive that I did not know that until just like reading an article. Cause from watching the trailers, I would have told you that there's definitely, those are just CGI animals in a actual landscape. So it's, it's pretty crazy what they can do. And, and, uh, I'm excited to see it, but yeah, it breaks a billion dollars and Disney makes more money. Is there any other comment that we need on that? Nope. Still need to see it. Yeah. Yep. Big time. Um, Moving on to a little more. I'm surprised when you're talking about DC, you skipped uh, the news about the Batman, or the rumors at least. What's the rumor about the Batman? Uh, that John David Washington may be playing Two-Face in the upcoming movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would, uh, I would really like that. I think he'd be great. I actually, I, So apparently Jamie Foxx is up for a role in that. I was actually kind of hoping Jamie Foxx would get that role. I think he'd be perfect as Harvey Dent uh, in that movie. I just feel like Jamie has this way of being super suave and casual, but also has a menacing aspect to him. So I was kind of hoping that would be the case. But um, John David Washington is a tremendous actor, so I'm sure he would be a great Harvey Dent. Um, also, that dude from uh, the dude from I Tonya, who who 
uh, like the fat dude from Itania. Bring your own phone. Well, the fuck was that? Whoops, my bad. Tim, um, Paul Walter Hauser really, really, really wants to uh, play the penguin, and he actually put out this like audition tape on his Instagram, and I watched it, and I always find like those are kind of corny, but. I, I I have to say he did it was very impressive and I, I wouldn't mind seeing him as the penguin at all. I think it's a much better pick than Josh Gad. Um but yeah, uh I I I didn't know if any of those rumors had actual like cre- uh credibility to them or if they were just, you know, leaked by comicbook.com or something like that. You know, those those websites that just like literally will just put out anything, anything that gets a click type of thing. So I, that's why I didn't really cover it, but it's a good point, Tim. Good point. Um, something else. Edgar Wright apparently is uh, going to start uh, filming Baby Driver 2 at uh, some point next year. He is already in the process of production, and they're going to film a sequel. I don't know if this is a movie that needs a sequel. I thought Edgar Wright had this pretty cool thing going where he only you know, just did one-off films. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I, I really enjoyed Baby Driver and I would watch a sequel and I love Edgar Wright so why not I, I mean I, I really enjoyed Baby Driver as well but I just don't know where they're going to go with it that's what I'm worried about I don't want them to make another movie and then just be okay um, yeah. but I mean it's Edgar Wright I don't imagine it'd be terrible so yeah I imagine if he's going to if he's going to do this he's going to do it he's going to do it right yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you yourself, Max. What? Why did you meet yourself? I actually saw that on the touch bar, and I wanted to know uh, if that was going to work. It's kind of cool. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Um, also, uh, Jojo Rabbit, the new film from Taika Watiti, the uh, satire about a boy with an imaginary friend whose imaginary friend is Hitler. Uh, I think this movie looks hilarious. Very Wes Anderson in, in cinematography, uh, which I guess Taika has always kind of had a little bit of Wes Anderson influence. But uh, watching this trailer, I'm very intrigued. I'm very excited to see it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really like anything that kind of has a Wes Anderson vibe to it. So I'm excited about that. But it, and more importantly, it just looks like an original idea, a very original idea. And that's just the most exciting thing about it. I love when directors who are super, super creative and, and super, you know, uh, talented uh, go out of their way to make something that's super, like, risky like this and something that might not be picked up by a studio but makes it anyways and somehow gets it made. And now we get the movie Jojo Rabbit. Have you guys watched the trailer for this? Are you excited? Yeah. Um, it looks funny. And one thing that struck me about the trailer is like it does not give away the plot and so i feel like some people who don't know more about the movie just see the trailer and they're like this seems kind of like a weird idea making a comedy about like hitler youth yeah um but there is a deeper plot to it where i guess the boy jojo um I guess like his, his struggle is he wants to be like, you know, super 
Hitlery, but his mom is also sheltering a young Jewish girl in their house. So he's torn between these things. And I have to imagine that he ends up being a decent person in the end. I would, I would assume so. I would assume so. And also, I feel like Taika, knowing especially how you know the internet is nowadays, uh, he put right at the front an anti-hate satire. Oh, well, I mean, that wasn't him, of course. Like, you've got 100%, this is the, the studio's or, you know, whoever's distributing this movie kind of hedging and having to make it very clear that this is a comedy and it is yeah. making fun of these people. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I'm a sucker for Taika's humor. I, I loved it in the, his last Thor movie. There was some pretty fun, there was a lot of funny bits in there. Uh, I love what we do in the shadows. Um, I love the hunt for wilder people. Um, all, all of them, all of his, all of his stuff has been great, and uh, I'm very excited to uh, check this movie out whenever it comes by. Um, yeah, big Taika, big Taika guy, big Taika. Guy. I didn't, I missed the trailers. Taika playing Hitler? Yeah, imaginary Hitler. Oh boy, it's very, it's very funny in the trailer. It's very, very funny. Um, another bit of comic book news here: Andy Serkis is going to direct Venom Two. I just. <laughs> I know. I know. Since his role of Snoke has just kind of been going downhill a little bit. I mean, Venom Two is a Venom is a big property, man. That movie made like um, like seven hundred million dollars or something. It made a lot of money. It's it's a big property right now, and, and you know, people a lot of people will hate on it. I actually thought the first one was pretty enjoyable i i didn't i certainly did not think it was uh the worst movie comic book movie since uh catwoman which is what a lot of people uh like a couple people said in their reviews i thought it was definitely enjoyable i thought tom hardy and and venom playing kind of this buddy cop thing was very interesting and something we haven't seen in a comic book movie before and for not having you know spider-man in the movie given venom is literally the exact opposite of Spider-Man. I thought they pulled it off as best they could. So, but it could be better. It could have been better. And I think Andy Serkis is one of those guys who's who's super ultra creative, uh, is a very passionate creator, uh, very caring about the source material. So I think we're going to get a lot more comic booky Venom action in this. I think we're going to get the white spider across his chest in this. And I think he's going to go buck wild with it. You know, Andy Serkis is the king of motion capture. And uh, I would be very surprised if he doesn't suit up a bit to do some, some sort of maybe a villain or something like that. Um, very curious if they're going to bring Woody Harrelson back as, as Carnage or if they're going to try and recast that. Um, I'm imagining they're going to try and bring him, they're going to bring him back, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Woody Harrelson's Cletus Cassidy at the end was the most strange thing I've ever seen. It was, such a very odd wig that they decided to put on him. Given it, it does look like Cletus Cassidy's hair in the comic books, it doesn't fit Woody Harrelson. It just does not look at all like something that should be on Woody Harrelson's head. Um, but I'm excited for it. Why not? Who cares? You know, uh, I, I enjoyed the first one enough. Why not give Andy Serkis a shot at, at trying to do something like this? Sure. 
And Tanner, I know you loved the Jungle Book, so. Um, yeah, Mowgli. You Mowgli, mean. that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I necessarily blame Andy Circus for how that was received, uh, just because of studio interference and you know bailing on him and everything like that. But I, I watched. I actually watched Mowgli again. Uh, I won't. Why? Oh, because because uh, my dad and and Paige and mom wanted to watch it, and I was like, all right, I guess I'll give it another go. And it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Honestly, it, was, it wasn't good, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I'll say that about it. I don't know, man. I mean, we did our review however many months ago. I feel bad for Andy Serkis, but that movie sucked. <laughs> and that's a fair that's a fair review. I'm not gonna deny that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that's bad that's a bad call. Uh you I could totally see how this movie would in fact suck. Um this next bit kind of would go into our review segment at the end, but uh very, very interesting. Quentin Tarantino is bringing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to a series format on Netflix. He's going to do like four or five episodes of Once Upon a Time. He did that with um, Hateful Eight. Yep, and I have yet to watch that. That's a that's one of the hey, movies I haven't seen. What? He did a series on Netflix? Yeah, well, he's making they, one. Yeah. They just chopped up the movie into like an episodic format. But they, but 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 it was the director's cut. It was Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino's like director's cut, which was like four and a half hours long, and then they broke it up into like five episodes. Oh, I see. Okay, I yeah. Read that I didn't know they were breaking it up into episodes, though. Yeah, and he's going to do that again with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, bringing it to Netflix, um, cutting it into like five episodes, uh, and I think this is actually so. Quentin Tarantino has like technically one more film under him. Now he does consider Kill Bill one and two to be one film. So Kill Bill three, I think is probably what's going to come next. Cause it does sound like he's talking to Uma Thurman a lot about uh, doing Kill Bill three. So if he does the third one there, I think he's still going to count that all as one movie, which would then give him one more movie to do. But after that, I think Quentin's going to go into TV. I think that's his, the, the next space he wants to tackle. And I think he's not going to do much directing. I think he's going to do writing and producing. And then he's going to like handpick his directors to, to direct his writing and stuff like that. And, and he's going to go into more theater and TV uh, series. Like, and I think that the biggest hint is the fact he's breaking up his movies into these five, four or five part, uh, series on Netflix. I think that's what's next to come for QT's career, if you ask me. Are they releasing all of them at once? Yeah. What's the point of making them episodes then? Um, I don't know. I don't know. To make it more digestible. I mean, I, I think people are more, or would tend to watch four episodes that, you know, go, you know, total four and a half hours total than they would to sit down to a four and a half hour movie and have to, I, I just feel like that breaks down in people's heads easier. It's like, oh, it's not four and a half hour movie. It's yeah. four episodes. Yeah. I feel like if I ever watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again, <laughs> I would have to do it in chunks. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll find out why in a second because I disagree. It's because uh, the movie's long as fuck. <laughs> it, is a, it is a long movie, but I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I never, I, I really didn't find it to be too long. It was long, but I didn't find it like I never felt tired of my seat. But we'll do that later. We'll do that later. Last thing in the news segment, Honey Boy, Shia LaBeouf's Honey Boy is um, uh, coming out soon. 
and it's a biopic of sorts of his life. Um, of sorts, I mean, because it's not, none of the characters are named Shia. None of the events really, you know, not, a lot of the events in the movie didn't technically happen, but they're very relatable to Shia's life. Um, I think from the trailer, this looks amazing. I, I thought Shia looked, he, he was giving an incredible, incredible performance playing his dad in this. Um, Lucas Hedges looks amazing. It, it, it just looks like a very, very, very good drama biopic of sorts. And I cannot wait to watch this. I, I really root on Shia because I feel like he's had a real tough time. Uh, maybe some of it self-inflicted, a lot of it maybe self-inflicted. Um, but I'm very, very excited to see Honey Boy and to see this this piece of work, which was written by Shia LaBeouf, and uh, uh, it, it obviously was very good and was picked up by a Hollywood studio. Did you guys check this trailer out? Yeah, I saw it earlier. It looks good. Um, yeah. And which, because I remembered that Shia was, there was news a long time ago that like Shia would be playing his own dad in a movie and I did not make the connection immediately that that's what this was yeah um, I don't know how I didn't put that together but uh no it looks very drama drama movie super drama movie super drama movie and much much awards Super drama, much work. I think Shy is going to be up for best actor in this. Probably best supporting, but yeah, yeah. It's got what's his face, Lucas Hedges. Um, yeah, and Lucas Hedges, man, he's he's just the darling of indie movies nowadays, isn't he? Yeah, him and uh, that fucking surprised uh, Timothy Calmat, Timothy Chode. I read an article this very day that said that his name is actually pronounced Timothée, not Timothy. <laughs> what? Timothée Chalamet. His name fucking rhymes. No, it does not. To be mildly put off by him. <laughs> there is no way in hell his name is Timothée. No, it is. He said, my name's actually pronounced Timothée, but I don't care if people say Timothy because Timothée like sounds too pretentious or whatever. And I must agree, that is a stupid name. That's a dumb name. Let's have his Timothée parents Chalamet. Let's, let's have his parents on the podcast and talk about how dumb they are right to their <laughs> Oh my. Stupid ass name. This is probably a bad time to say that I want to start going by the name Timothée. Ah, oh, man. That would just be a horrible decision and I would not appreciate that at all. You have to do it. All right, guys. Okay, okay, okay. Um, moving on. I'm going to skip this part. I'm going to skip TV talk. We'll do that on the next episode. Did uh, what, One other thing in the news. Did anyone catch the Tenet trailer? Oh, did the Tenet trailer come no. out? Uh, it did. And if you went and saw Hobbs and Shaw. Um, but leave a magic wand over there. Oh. Well, anyways, yeah, I have not seen that, actually. But I need to. I did not know that. Dang it. Frisco's bothering me now. What? 
Briscoe is bothering me. He just Where did Tanner go? Tanner left. He left. I think Five Guys is calling now. <laughs> he may he may be calling. Um, let's see. He should rejoin here any second. But let's go ahead and go into our Spider-Man Far From Home review while we wait for Tanner to come back. Um, Tim, I really, really liked Far From Home. I'm a sucker for Spider-Man movies. I'm not the biggest Marvel fan. I'm not the biggest... Uh, I don't really flock to the theater for a lot of Marvel movies. I just don't. But Spider-Man is the exception. I love Spider-Man. He's one of my favorite superheroes. I could be entertained by him for days and days and days and movies and movies and movies. I don't care how many times they reboot it. I'm going to be butt and seat every single time just because that's I just love the character. I really liked Far From Home. Really, really liked it. I did not think it's as good as Homecoming. And I was, I was a little worried about them going away from New York. For me, I'm a traditionalist. Yeah. I like traditional villains. I like it in New York. To be honest, I like as little as possible of interference of other superheroes in Spider-Man movies because he is a massive character and does not need to be carried by other superheroes. So to be honest with you, if there is one thing I haven't liked about the Spider-Man movies recently is that there's too much other heroes in it. I don't really want Iron Man in my Spider-Man. But that sounds weird. That sounds very strange. Um, what sounds strange? Nothing. I thought you were laughing at that, but nothing sounds strange anymore. Oh, no. um, but I, I really liked Far From Home. What did you did you like it, Tim? Oh, I really, I really liked it. I, I don't know. I may, I may have liked it more than Homecoming. I don't know. Uh, I'd have to watch both of them again. But no, Far From Home. They did a really good job. I really liked Jake Gyllenhaal um, and how he portrayed Mysterio and how they they uh, portrayed the character overall because. Mysterio's, I mean, he's not a really sought-after villain when it comes to the cinematic um, yeah. movies. And so it was interesting seeing him come to screen. And j just some of the scenes that they actually had him in, it, I mean, like I've looked at some of the comics that he's been involved in, and it, it reminded me of that. I thought they did a fantastic job incorporating that into a live-action movie. Mysterio is a very niche villain in the Spider-Man universe, but people who are Spider-Man fans know exactly who he is. He's kind of like a, I would compare him to like Clayface in the Batman universe. Clayface isn't necessarily a household name, but true Batman fans love that villain. That's kind of what Mysterio is like. To be honest with you though, I did not, I, I love, I, I love Jay Gyllenhaal. I did feel like Mysterio was a little half-baked. I thought they could have done a little bit better driving home the reason as to why he is doing what he's doing. I just felt like he, his character progression in the movie was a little rushed. I think we could have used a few more scenes as to why he's pissed off at Tony Stark and why um, he, he is wanting to do what he's doing with Tony's technology. Um, <laughs> the Tanner just texted and the reason why he left this is the reason why we suspected. Um, uh Oh, but I, I, that was the one I, – I, I loved the bits where Mysterio was in it because the CGI was incredible and it was, it was straight out of a comic book movie, his uh, comic book, uh, his design. But I did feel like it was a little half-baked. Um, that, that, was, that was one of my, one of my gripes in the movie. But yeah. really going back to the, just the overall visual elements, it was straight out of a cartoon. It was straight out of a comic book. The, the bits where Mysterio has him and that, like – realm where where he can't tell where he is absolutely incredible just yeah. 
incredible. I, I could watch that over and over again. It was so cool, man. It just looked like it was out of a comic book or cartoon. It was. It really did. Um, it, it reminded me of 90s. It reminded me of the 1990s Spider-Man TV show. I, I was like, this is incredible. Honestly, I mean, that, that scene is one of my favorite scenes in a Marvel movie in quite some time. Because they did, they did such a good job with it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really, really well done. Um, I also thought the humor in this was really welcomed. Uh, I think Spider-Man needs to have humor in it. Um, and yeah. I thought a lot of this was very funny. There was a lot of really, really funny bits in there. And, and, and I mean, you gotta see some romance. I mean, Ned found love. Yep. Then he lost it, but he still well, found it. And I thought MJ was really good. I, I liked, uh, Peter and MJ's relationship there. It was, it was kind of, uh, I don't know. It was. It's a different take on MJ. What Zoe? Uh, or sorry, what Zendaya is doing. Um, but I, I actually I've enjoyed it so far. And when we get that scene of them together again, back in New York, and he's swinging around the big city, that's the Spider-Man I've been waiting for. And I really cannot wait for Spider-Man Three. And I really, really, really hope Spider-Man Three is just a Spider-Man movie. That was another gripe I had in Far From Home. I'm just tired. Hmm of all these other Marvel characters you wouldn't, in his movies. You wouldn't want a Spider-Man and Deadpool movie? As a spinoff, maybe, if it's Spider-Man and Deadpool, but if it's a Spider-Man movie, I really just want Spider-Man. I don't want another hero in there. Spider-Man no. and, his, and his villains are reason enough to go watch a movie, and it's a big enough universe in New York itself because of Spider-Man. That Spider-Man can have his own cinematic universe easy, easy because of how incredible his villains are and how incredible of a superhero he is. It's just like Batman. Batman could easily have his own cinematic, uh, cinematic universe just by himself with all the characters that are surrounded him. So, um, yeah, man, I, I just want to see Spider-Man three and just have it be a Spider-Man movie. If they can introduce Deadpool and like the credits or something like that, that would be fun. Um, but that's, that's how I feel on that. Um, but yeah, out of, out of, uh, five, I give, by the way, I can never remember what our rating scale is, if it's ever five or 10, but I'm going to go with five this week out of five. I give far from home four out of five. I, I enjoyed it. It's a fun comic book movie. It's funny. It's Spider-Man, uh, a little bit in his prime, um, in a different atmosphere in a different place that you would typically see Spider-Man. So very much enjoyed it. Four out of five. I give it a five out of five. No, I'm just kidding. I've given it a four out of five as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Very good. Um, moving on to our big review of the day, and that is Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, starring Brad Pitt. One I've been waiting forever to talk about. Yes. Yes. Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Margot Robbie. Um, you know, the list goes on and on for the people who starred in this uh, big movie. And one of my favorites of the year, if not my favorite of the year. And I, I just absolutely loved it. It was very long, like Tanner said, but I did not ever feel like it was, I never ever felt like it felt like one of those long movies where like, I just want to get the hell out of here. It's been, right. it, it didn't feel like it dragged every single scene. I, was very, very good. And just, I agree. They I, didn't feel like it dragged at all. And it's just kind of a Quentin Tarantino saying where he'll have, you know, these individual scenes that are separate but they all play together overall really well. Um, 
you know, I mean, yeah, it didn't feel like a drag or drug on just because there's so much going on in each individual scene. Yeah. And the humor in this was really, really good. There was a lot of just laugh out loud moments. It's actually like, honestly, I would say is a comedy more than anything else. And maybe you could say that a lot of his movies are comedies, but this one, I, I just felt like was a comedy. I, I thought it was hilarious. There were so many funny bits in this. Yeah. That had you, you just, you know, <clears throat> turned over laughing. It, it was so good. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a few scenes that come to mind immediately, like when Brad Pitt's just standing on the roof. Yeah. Reminiscing about, reminiscing about uh, beating up Bru- uh, Bruce Lee in a parking lot. Oh, man. So good. And the guy who played Bruce Lee in that, that was like spot on. Spot on impression. Like it, it literally looked like Bruce Lee. It, it, you would not... If you didn't know Bruce Lee was dead, then you would have no way to know that's not Bruce Lee. It's, he did such a great job. Bruce Lee's dead. He is. He, he did die. Um, what else? What else? Uh, Margot Robbie has like three lines of dialogue in this, which was very shocking to me. I, I, I was, you know, m- maybe Quentin didn't want to include her too much because they didn't want uh, to... I don't know. Feel like they were using the legacy of of Sharon Tate in a I don't know in kind of a a poor way uh, by using her in a movie um, and glorifying her death in any way. But I was I was still very shocked by how little Margot Robbie really has to say in this movie. I thought she was good. She was great. She's always great. But I I was very shocked with how little she had to say. Yeah, I I mean I didn't I didn't have that big of an issue. I, I mean, it kind of goes back to those other movies where you have these big name actors who don't play in as many scenes, but I thought, I thought they did a good amount transitioning between her story, Rick Dalton's Leonardo DiCaprio and then Brad Pitt. Um, I mean, all equally. And I think they kind of wanted to deflect more and focus more on Brad Pitt's character and Leonardo DiCaprio and kind of, as you alluded to, it could be because they didn't want to glorify the whole situation to try to, make money off of it but yet play around it which then they tie into it at the very end and they definitely did because they definitely did not want to have anyone um glorify the death or you know praise like right i mean charles is in it for one scene he's in it for one scene it's like 30 seconds and do they even they don't even really call him by his name either. No, they don't. They don't call him like Charlie. I, maybe at the end there, but they, they don't really bring him up much at they, all. They talk about him, but not when he's actually in the scene. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing too, I absolutely loved the atmosphere in this movie. I'm a sucker for atmospheric movies as, as people of the listeners podcast know, but it just captured the essence of like that golden age of Hollywood and, and yeah. the, it was so fascinating to watch because you know what Quentin was showing was kind of like true to life, how actors and things happened on sets and things like that back then. Um, And uh, yeah, it was really, really interesting to watch Leonardo DiCaprio's character kind of go through the motions of being an actor in that time. And, 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 you know, (laughs) just kind of, I don't know, like it just, just really conveying. Uh, what it was like to be an actor during that time, and and he was great. Leo was great in it, and he always is. But he was he was excellent. And so Leo, was, Leo did a phenomenal job. Yeah, 
I also love that they left it totally uh, ambiguous. Uh, I guess if the, if Brad Pitt's character actually killed his wife, they just like they they in the movie they accuse him of killing his wife. <laughs> it's like kind of like a, a a joke type thing, and we go to that scene where apparently he killed his wife, but it doesn't actually show anything. It just cl- cuts away before anything could ever happen. So you don't know if he actually killed his wife or or not, which I, I like that because it's kind of like the rumors, you know, the, the rumors in Hollywood and all that. And it, it also had the viewers thinking this too, is like, did that actually happen or not? Which is yeah. what was going on in the movie. Did it actually happen or not? It's just a rumor type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, another thing too, and Quentin's always great at it, but the the cinematography of this thing was great as well. Uh, there was a lot of like big sweeping landscape shots of LA and um, yeah. the set pieces were really, really well done. Um, very vibrant and full of life. Uh, yeah. Maybe- yeah, it definitely helped set the tone of, you know, what area you're in, where you're at. And I mean, the soundtrack, the music they picked too was really good. Yeah. It really, it really made the movie feel, feel alive uh, to yeah. me. I, 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 yeah. And the soundtrack was great, dude. The, I want the soundtrack on, uh, I want to go download it just cause there's so many great, great hits in there and, and little obscure things I may have gotten forgotten that Quentin Tarantino probably picked himself. And I, I would almost say that a lot of this movie was written to that music. Like he was listening to this music and he just kind of wrote long scenes to it because it yeah. just fit so well. Um, also, I just have a lot of fun watching Leo and Brad on screen. You know, seeing two mega freaking superstar actors have such great chemistry and have so much fun together on screen. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's reason enough to go see the movie. If for nothing else, go see these guys act together on screen and have this great chemistry and, and, yeah. really, uh, and really show off uh, – uh, their acting abilities and feed off of one another and they're just both actors actors they they really get into the character they really care a lot about the character in the movie and uh, it definitely shows and, and oh yeah they, they played off really well have they have they been in any other movies together or just the first one i honestly cannot think of any where he, where they were in the same movie so it very it very well could be the the first time that they have acted together. Um, and also something that I learned that was kind of fun too, Quentin Tarantino banned all cell phones from set. Like he didn't want people checking their phone between scenes. He didn't want people on their phone at all the entire day. It was to be left in their trailer wow. because what he said is he's like, we're going to do this and we're, ju- we're going to have fun. We're going to do this the old school way and we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. And everyone, everyone bought into it. And, uh, um, and really just had fun on set because Quentin Tarantino is kind of a kind of a, a dictator on set. Very he very much has an idea of how he wants his characters to be played and how he wants things to go. Right. Uh, as he's famously known for. Um, but it's always fun to hear kind of the insider information on how how directors go about their day and, and their business and um, how the actors handle that. Jamie Foxx is a great impersonation of Quentin Tarantino and and. Uh, um, he does this great bit talking about how Quentin had to pull Jamie to the side, literally day one, pull Jamie to the side into a trailer and literally just yell at him for how he thought he was, how he approached the character of, of Django because he said it was just, 
it, you have to go watch the clip, but it's Quinn giving Jamie like real feedback in time. And Jamie does this amazing impersonation and you can definitely just kind of get a feel for how Quinn Tarantino is as a director. He cares very much about what goes on and how the movie goes. And uh, he's, you know, put out hit after hit because of it. So, yeah. Um, Tim, any final thoughts on what's upon a time in Hollywood before we wrap up? Um, no, I mean, I really liked, um, I mean, everyone did a phenomenal job. Leo, you know, his struggle with trying to become a big name actor and, you know, just seeing all the different things, like whether it's that trailer scene where he's yelling at himself, he's like, I'm never drinking alcohol again. And then the next scene, it cuts to him drinking out of his flask. Yeah, not even the next scene. In the same scene, he's like, I'm never drinking alcohol again. And then he, like, picks up the flask and takes a sip out of it. He goes, oh, fuck! And he throws it because he's already forgotten what he told himself. He's he's like trying to – and then after that, he's, like, trying to pump himself up by looking in the mirror. Yeah. But the mirror's angled to look at the audience. But – And here's just one thing, too. And for anyone who's been listening so far – we're going to go into spoilers just a little bit here. Uh, so stop listening. If you want to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you need to stop listening right now because I want to talk about this scene because it's amazing. Quentin Tarantino is known for bending the history to fit a better narrative. Uh, <laughs> that scene of the Manson murderers going into the wrong house when they were meant to go into Sharon Tate's house, obviously they, in real life, unfortunately, they really do go into Sharon Tate's house and they murder her and her friends. In this movie, they go into the wrong house. They go into the house that has Leonardo DiCaprio's and, and Brad Pitt's character inside of it. And the scene that ensues is one of the most hilariously violent scenes I have ever seen in my life. Oh my lord, yeah. I was in tears. I was laughing so hard. Absolutely incredible. And Quentin basically did what everyone wanted to do to those guys who did that to Sharon Tate. He did it on film, and he held back nothing. And yeah. it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Dude, when he breaks out that flamethrower, which you completely <laughs> he, forgot he about. He jumped out of the pool, and yeah. he just he kind of, like, scurried away. <laughs> he's, just, he's just, like, angrily stepping to the, to the shack, and you've completely forgotten about the flamethrower from earlier in that scene. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie, he comes out with it. And just lights are on fire. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh what? my god, ridiculous! It's so funny. And then talking to that guy, his next door neighbor, like, yeah, I lit her on fire with a flamethrower that I have <laughs> in <my> tool shed. <laughs> just so casual. Yeah. Oh lord. Oh man. And Brad Pitt's care his dog, and and him throwing that can of dog food at that girl's head, and oh god. Oh my gosh, dude. And then him grabbing. The other girl and just like bashing her all around. Yep. Yep. Oh my goodness, man. It was, he held, they, Quentin held back nothing. He, yeah. He, and that's, that's what I like about it. That's what I like about him too, is he doesn't hold anything back. Yeah. And, and he didn't want to, and again, he's like, you know, I'm not going to glorify the Sharon Tate getting murdered. I'm not going to do that. I'm going instead, I'm going to, absolutely dismantle these guys on screen and and what everyone in america wanted to happen to these guys i'm gonna do it to them on screen and we're gonna enjoy it and it was great and we all enjoyed it it was it was awesome (laughs) 
Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, that scene, and because I've I've just started watching more Quentin Tarantino movies lately. That uh, the the red apple cigarettes thing that Leonardo, the that Leo's character did. That's yep. that's a brand of cigarettes that's in every Quentin Tarantino movie. I just realized. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yep. It's in uh, it's in uh, Pulp Fiction. It's in uh, it's in Inglorious Bastards, I believe. I, I I'm sure it is because I noticed it in Pulp Fiction, so I'm sure it's in Inglorious Bastards. Um, and and uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it's in other ones as well. So, uh, but yeah, it was kind of interesting little tidbit. Gonna have to keep an eye out for that. But um, yeah, right, yeah. Well, uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm gonna give it a four and a half out of five stars. I absolutely loved it. My favorite movie of the year so far. Gonna be a Blu-ray purchase for me for sure infinitely rewatchable can't wait for the netflix version of it and uh it's awesome very cool i uh <clears throat> i gave it a five out of five from my end i yeah. really enjoyed it i i love every quentin tarantino movie Honestly, uh, i might i might bump it up to a five out of five i i really did really did enjoy this thing man yeah i mean it's it's so good yeah it, they did a fantastic job all the actors the story and you know i mean <clears throat> Tanner kind of alluded it to to it earlier. I don't. I mean, I don't think it's too long. We, we talked about that, but yeah. um, I felt yeah. like it was the perfect perfect length. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see the uh, director's cut version yeah. to see what all they have left in there. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be like at least an hour worth of stuff, and I'm very excited about that too, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Well, uh, for for myself and for Tim and Tanner, uh, I'm your host as always, Max Lena, Matt Max Fozzie. You can find me there on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterbox to see all of our movie reviews early and all of our you know ratings early. You can always check us out. Follow us there. It's a great place to track your movies and track what you've watched and to track what other people have watched. Definitely check out Letterbox. For my boy Tim Trist, uh, Tim Tim Reichmith at Tim Trist over there. That's me. Same thing at Instagram at Letterbox and. Also, Tanner, who had to uh, dash away, dash away because he had to shit his pants. Tanner Rush at Danger Rush at Instagram and on Letterboxd as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love having you guys as listeners. We've had more listeners in the past couple episodes than we've had in uh, about a month. So thank you guys for listening and, and just really supporting the podcast. You have been really, really great. Um, we're going to start doing a couple more things. I'm going to start doing a little bit more polls. I'm going to do some questions and implementing things like that so I get more user interaction in this podcast. You guys can also download the Anchor app. If for nothing else, you can go to our podcast and leave us a voice message. Leave your questions, your thoughts, topics you want us to cover. We would love to include you. We'll patch your voice into the podcast. It's like you're a part of it. It's awesome. You can follow us on Instagram as well at CinemaxicPod, on Twitter at Cinemaxic. Gmail, cinemaxicpod at gmail.com. Send your questions, your, your reviews, topics there. We would love to cover them on the podcast. And finally. Hey, can, I, can I ask you a question real quick? What's that? <clears throat> when are we going to be doing the Christopher Nolan pod? You know, we need to plan that again. And we're going to be doing it. <laughs> we'll be doing it soon, for sure. I, 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 uh, next yeah. May? Yep. Yeah, we'll do, we'll, we'll do it next May. Um, <laughs> Um, and also guys, again, thank you for sticking around on this, you know, so, so audio quality that we've been providing very, very soon. We have an actual podcast studio we're going to be doing. We want to do some video stuff. We want to do some live streaming. We want to do some different interactions that we're really excited about. And it's going to be awesome. We also have, uh, Jordan coming back as our producer back from his three month trip in, uh, the old great Britain across the pond. 
and he's going to be bringing back with him the great audio equipment we're used to. Lots of fun stuff coming. It's going to be great. So excited for the future of the podcast, and thank you so much for listening. Please, 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 please share, like, subscribe, rate, tell your friends about it who love podcasts and love movies. Tell your coworkers. Tell your family. We'd love to have them as a listener. As always, again, I am your host, Max Fozzie. Thank you for listening, and this has been another episode of the Cinemastic Podcast.